Amen. It is a good day, isn't it? Yes. Happy New Year. Nope. All right. Um, <laughs> right. Ashley just killed that whole opening. Um, no, that's good. That's good. Um, how many people have set? Yes, we did turn on the lights because today is a day where I want to see your facial expressions when I say certain things. Um, we, we had a debate on it in the back and, and it was like, do we want the lights on? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see people's reactions. And then it was like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I do want to see people's reactions. So enjoy today. Um, but it is a, it, how many people have um, decided to do a New Year's resolution this year? It's okay. Be, be, it's okay. We know that it probably won't last, right? <laughs> Let's just be real with ourselves. How many people have already given up? Anybody up? Okay. How many people were like, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. Okay. Way more of those, right? So many years of let down. You're just like, nope, we'll, do, we'll think of something else. Right. And, uh, but this is, this is a, a new year, new year, new you, right? How many times have we heard that? Yeah. This is the year. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. You can do it this year. Yeah. Yeah. Best year of your life. Yeah, I feel like we've stopped saying that probably since 2019, um, right? It's just, we're just not sure ever about, the, uh, about what the year holds. And honestly, it's been kind of rough, right? I figured I'd give a lot more amens than that. I actually have it in my notes that you will get amens for that, but never mind. All right. I want to ask a question, and you can be honest, and now that the lights are on, everybody can see your answer, so don't feel bad about that. Um, how many people have already complained this year about something? Come on. Yeah. We should just have an altar call right now. Uh, there's a lot of hands. This should be. It's easy. How many complained last year? <laughs> a lot more hands went up for that one, right? Um, how many people have already seen something today that you want to complain about later to somebody? Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've already like seen some things that we're like, I'll, I know who I'm going to talk to about this later because they're going to feel me on how I feel. Right. That's how we do it. And, and so this, this series that we're going into originally, and you can ask my leaders, I put out a calendar and at the bottom of each month, I, I have the series that I'm preaching that month. And in February, I have a different series. But as I was putting this together, I was like, I, I went out to the living room where Lindsay was and I said, hey, um, you know, I told you I was going to do this in four weeks. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I think it's going to be a lot longer than four weeks because this series is talking about complaining and our words. And I knew I wanted to preach this, I think probably back in October um, or actually probably sooner than that. But I knew I needed to do it when God opened the door to do it. Because if I did it in the wrong time, y'all would hate me and then, you know, leave. And I just didn't want that. Um, no, I'm kidding. I just knew that in the wrong time, it wouldn't be received well. And so I thought, what better way to start off the year <laughs> Uh, then talking about complaining, talking about how easy it is to complain, talking about, you know, let's just be real. When we complain, it's, it's just because it's not something that it's our way, right? It's all a complaint is. It's just not the way that you would do it. So you're going to complain about it because you don't like it because you wouldn't have done it that way, right? It goes against what you think goes against everything that you're made of. And, and so complaining is hard. And as I was putting this together, you can ask my wife. I just sat there and I was like, I stink. <laughs> right now with having COVID, I can't smell myself. So I don't know if I do stink. <laughs> so I apologize if I do today. I sprayed a lot of cologne from head to toe uh, just to cover up any stink I might have. But <laughs> can I just say thank you? I prayed with you, so you would know. Yeah, thank you. And Josh says I smell good. Um, 
Can I, can I just, before I just jump in and complain, I want to crack a joke real quick. Um, <laughs> I want to break the ice. Some of you are already looking a little, little upset with me. Um, can I just say that I've, I've established after having COVID, it's not the food that I love. It's the taste of the food that I love. Because when you can't taste it, you don't want it, right? You know you have to eat still, but it's like, just give me a potato. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. I just need to fill my insides. Like, it, like there are things that I love in life that I've, I've enjoyed eating forever, as you can tell. And I just am like, I can't taste it. <laughs> and it kills me. Oh, sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. I haven't been able to really talk to anybody lately. So, um, <laughs> but this thing today is going to, this, this is going to challenge us because if we want this to be the year of the Lord, if we want this to be the year that we make an impact for God, I think it starts with our mouth. Because too many times we speak out of one side how much we love God. And then out of the other side, we speak complaints. We speak gossip. We speak hate. And we label it as something else. And we can't do that. It's what the world does. Speaks good things out of one side and negative out of the other side. We're called to a different level than the world, aren't we? And so today we're going to talk about some things to start, but we have to. And I've already warned everybody. I will not everybody, but I, I'm going to warn everybody now. We're going to probably talk about a few things that we've talked about in the past. But how many people know that the more you hear things or the more you do things in repetition, the easier it is for it to sink in and actually cause you to want to change something. You can only go to the doctor so many times and hear your blood pressure is too high before you decide I need to change something, right? I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> I just look at the doctor and I'm like, I need less stress. That's my problem, right? And less sodium and a diet, right? All the things I know, right? But when we hear things over and over and over again, it will sink in deeper. And hopefully you'll receive it in a way where I'm not coming at you because I'm going to tell you every one of the words that I've read and I've put on this paper and, and I've thought about and I've let God sink in. I'm like, man, this is a challenge for me. How many people know that if you have kids, it's easy to complain about your kids? Your hand was up before I even finished that statement. Woo! Right? And your kids don't do what you want them to do. Gosh darn it. And mine's only seven and four. Right? I can't wait until they're teenagers. And they don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> then I can't wait until they're adults. And they don't listen to any of my knowledge that I have. <laughs> don't shake your head, mom. Um, but the thing is, though, is, is with this... Zig Ziglar says it this way, repetition is the mother of learning, the father of action, which makes it the architect of accomplishment. That's what repetition is. You want big muscles? What do you have to do? You got to put up the reps, get the gains, right? It's my goal for this year. When I start looking like the hawk, you guys know I've been doing some repetition. <laughs> and then when I don't, you guys can be like, he failed at another New Year's resolution. <laughs> but we need to hear things multiple times before it sinks in. Before it sets. In Genesis 1, uh, verses 26 and 27, here is, here is where God is creating us, Right? And I think the thing that we need to hear here is that our words have an impact that just, it just goes through our whole being, our whole soul. Words have that kind of impact. And we, under, we have to understand that words also are a creative force, aren't they? How many people know that, that you can create things with your words, right? How many people have a book at home? 
They've been created by words. How many of you have listened to an audio book? It was created by words so somebody could speak the word back to you, right? Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says this, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now, this does not mean that we are a clone copy of God, right? This doesn't mean that if we we see God that we're like, oh, you look just like me. No, we're created in his likeness. We're created to, to have attributes of him. And did you know, too, that we can actually do things? We're hardwired to do things that God does. And let me tell you what those are. God thinks, God sees, God feels, and God hears. And we can do every one of those things because we're hardwired to do that, right? But what I love about God, though, is even though we're hardwired to do things like him, he still has the opportunity to teach us to be every one of those things like he sees them or hears them or, or, or what experiences them. He teaches us how to do that, right? And so God also does something else. God speaks. I'm going to have scriptures on the, on the screen and I'm going to read them quickly. I know some of you taking notes want them to stay on the screen faster so, or longer, so we can, I'll draw it out. <laughs> Genesis 1.3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Psalm 33.6 says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. Psalm 33, 9 says, for when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Psalm 148, 5 says, let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command and they came into being. Hebrews eleven three says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now, even though we're hardwired to do things like God, we can't speak things into existence, can we? We, we can't speak tree grow here and it grows. We're just, we're just not that way. But we can still make an impact with our words that we say. We can still bring life to things with words that we say, can't we? We can bring life to our kids, to our teenagers, to our friends, to our family, and we can bring change. <clears throat> How people know that words can be good and bad. Come on. This is, this is elementary school stuff, right? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie, right? How many people have ever had a word come at you that hurt you? Whether intentional or unintentional. You've had a word come that has hurt you and it has hurt you deep. Proverbs 13, three says this, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> I prayed so hard last night at, well, this morning at 2 a.m. when I finished putting everything together and I said, God, please do not let me say anything that's from me. This is why I didn't want the lights on because I don't want to say anything that's not God today. And it would be easy to, right? It'd be easy to point the finger at everybody in this room, including myself, and say, when we open up our mouths sometimes, we can bring destruction. Proverbs 18, 7 and 8 said, the mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Proverbs 11:9 says with their words the godless destroy their friends but knowledge will rescue the righteous. Every one of these scriptures has a, a positive and a negative, right? Either destroy or rescue people. 
produce destruction, set traps in people's hearts. I mean, like those are things that you're like, wait a minute, this is real, right? But they're things that every day we don't think about. Hmm. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Ooh. Proverbs 15.4 says, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Bible has a lot to say. Uh, there's a lot more scriptures that could talk about our tongues and, and the good and the bad of each and every one of them, but I don't have time today to go through them all. But the Bible makes it really, really important to talk about our words, though. The impact that they make. I think the biggest thing is understanding that our words, our words today are good or bad. Our, our words today are building up or they're tearing down. Our words today are either drawing people to Jesus or pushing people away from being able to see Jesus. Right? I know. Happy New Year. Let's start the year off real good. <laughs> oh, man. Lord, get me through. I think the biggest thing that we get to, because how many people have heard, how, how many people have heard this preached about your words, right? If you've been in church long enough, you've heard, I mean, if you've been here long enough, you've heard me talk about it way too much. Um, but there's a reason why I can't get off of it. And I think it's because we still are losing control. And I think the problem is, is that we don't realize the tremendous impact that words have on people. We will say things off the cuff and not pay any attention to what we say. Right? How many people have ever made the comment, I don't care how I make them feel, I'm going to say exactly what I think right now. Okay, thank you, Jeff, just me and you. Come on, we've all been there where you've gotten so mad that you're like, I don't care who I offend, right? I don't care what they think about me. I'm going to tell them what I think. I'm going to tell them how I feel. I'm going to walk in and if they like me, they like me. And if they don't, I don't need them in my life anymore, right? I've never said those things. I've just heard people say them. <laughs> you guys all judging me. I see it. <laughs> But every word we say, every word, start thinking about the words that you've spoken already today. Just think about it. Or the words you speak when you hit your finger with a, with a hammer. I mean, we can go there. <laughs> we all have moments where we throw words out and we pay no attention to what we say. We pay no attention to the impact that as they say them, we can watch as it hits somebody and sinks into them. <clears throat> We've all felt the shock and the sting of hurtful words. We've all felt words that have made us who we are today. Words who have defined how we look at ourselves in the mirror every morning. Words that we think when we don't say the right thing in the right place. Everything you feel today was probably because of a word spoken to you. I've said it before in my life. I have people in my life who have looked at me and said, Nick, you never finish anything. <laughs> You know how many times I walk around this church and I go, dang it, I didn't finish that. <laughs> and then I go, well, I guess that's just who I am. And that's what the enemy wants you to think. Because that's not who God says you are, right? Do you know how many times I look in the mirror and go, man, you got stung by a bee while you were sleeping last night. <laughs> I did during COVID. I puffed up like the marshmallow man. I don't... <laughs> I don't know what happened. I even told Jared, I said, don't film me. Don't film me for our live service. He was like, what? And I was like, my face is nasty looking. It's puffy. <laughs> I woke up today. It's still puffy. So maybe it wasn't COVID. I don't know. Uh, but, but, but you look in the mirror and you say those things and you go, man, if you could just knock off one X on your shirt, you'd be a lot better. Right? 
You ladies are lucky. Your, your sizes are all numbers. I just have more X's on mine, which an X in Roman numeral is 10. <laughs> There's some clothes I'm wearing a 45. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all are like, wait, that's four X's. Yeah, I know. No, I'm kidding. Clothes that came from a country where they're smaller, okay? Um, my, my dryer got a hold of them. Um, but we've all heard words that have, have stung us. I've said this story many times where as soon as I became a pastor, I sat down at a pastor's Christmas dinner. And the guy across the table who watched me grow up as a kid looked at me and said, I can't believe they let you be a pastor. I was like, I can't believe they let you in this building. Let me take you outside. Um, but words sting. Even with the people who say, words don't bother me. They put on that tough front. You know why? Because they've gotten hurt before, so now they don't want to let it hurt them anymore. Words hurt. I sat downstairs crying in this building last night because the enemy wanted to think, wanted me to think and, and, and partner with him that there are people in this church that have talked ill about me recently. That's real. And my wife looked at me and was like, what's wrong with you? That's such a lie of the enemy. But that's what he wants, isn't it? Us to buy into every word that we've heard spoken or we think has been spoken about us, because we can go there too. How many people have been there where you think people are saying things about you? Just because they're whispering doesn't mean it's about you, right? They might be talking about the fact that they bent over this morning and their pants broke and they're still wearing them, right? <laughs> it happens. You blow a belt and you're like, just, or you blow a button and tighten that belt up. Nobody will know, right? <laughs> right. I'm getting ready to buy one of those baby bump things that pregnant ladies have where they leave their pants unzipped and then they pull it up and it just looks like their shirt and you don't know their pants are unzipped. Why don't we have those as men? <sighs> Sorry. I'm working my stuff out right now in front of you. <laughs> This is my fourth shirt I put on today. The problem is, though, is the words come so fast and come out of our mouth so quickly that we, we, don't, we don't wait to see what it, what it makes people feel. I've said things to people not wanting it to be negative at all, and people have, have taken those and harbored those inside of them, and then they feel like I attacked them. And then I don't find out about it until they've boiled over. And I'm like, no, 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 I never meant that. Right? We've all been there. <clears throat> Man, my mouth's drying out. Words. James 3, 5 and 6 says, In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Mm. Your tongue. Let's just read your tongue in the last sentence. For it is set on fire by hell itself. We've talked about how it's hard to keep your tongue tamed, haven't we? It's hard to hmm, not gossip, right? It's hard not to say your opinions out loud so that you unknowingly draw somebody else into your own conclusion. I love how it, it depicts a forest fire, though. Right now, there's forest fires raging in this country, aren't they? Forest fires. Experienced one in Michigan, I don't think, as far as I know. Okay. Okay, so UP. 
I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you don't fact check before you say things. So glad you guys have grace for me. But when there's a forest fire, it doesn't just burn the trees. It burns the ground too. And did you know that if soil is, is burned enough that it'll actually become water repellent? It won't allow any water to soak down into it anymore. And the whole purpose of soil is then defeated. And what actually happens is the thing that is meant to cause life is actually then becoming something that begins to affect everything around it. Because what happens is, is the water pours down onto the, the soil that is now water repellent and it causes the ash and all the soot to be washed out into the water when it rains. So now it's not only affecting the forest that burn, but now it's affecting the animals that go to the local water for a drink to try to keep themselves alive and they start getting contaminated too. Then not only does it do that, but then it takes years for everything to actually get to a place where it can have life again. And if you've been around anything that's burned, you know that if you were to walk through something that has just been burned down, there is a smell that lingers. Even after the fire has been put out, there's no smoke. It's been, it's been weeks and months. There's still a smell that lingers of what happened there. And I find it interesting in this moment is, is that the Bible uses fire to refer to our tongues because the reality of that is, is that if you allow words to get into your heart enough to burn inside of you that you begin to spill out negative words that are burning somebody else, you are not only going to affect the soil around you, but what's going to happen is you are going to begin to put off all of the ash and soot onto everything else around you. Let me say it differently. Onto everybody around you. Yeah. And what happens is a word that was spoken into you that has caused you to burn inside possibly years ago that you think you took care of and you gave it to God and you got over it and it doesn't affect you anymore is killing not only you today, but it's killing people around you that are in your influence today. Because what's happened is you've become dead and you aren't able to have the Holy Spirit water flow inside of you because you're still stuck on a word that was spoken 10 years ago. You know how I know that? Because I've been there. Oh, I don't want to cry today. I've had words spoken to me that I thought I was good with, right? How many times did you hear something as a kid and you just acted like it wasn't said to you? That you just put it away that people were making fun of you. You weren't the kid that they called names, right? And you think, well, I'm good with God, right? The problem is, is you haven't forgiven little Billy on the playground when you were in fifth grade. Problem is you're still holding on to unforgiveness, but you think I've taken care of it. And what's happening is outside, we see the symptoms of the negative words that have been spoken into your life. Yeah. And we could go through the list today. Parents who don't talk right to you when you were a kid and they've made you feel like you're never going to be good enough. So you think I've taken care of that. God and I are tight. But what happens is, do you know what spills out? We're going to get a little real. Is that okay? It doesn't matter. I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> what happens is, is when those words are spoken to you, we don't see the root on the outside. We see all the symptoms of that word. We see all the symptoms of what you're holding on inside of you. And it begins to pour out in critical spirits. 
where you think I'm never going to be good enough. So you want to start pointing out everything else that's wrong with everybody else, but you do it in a spiritual way. I just want them to get better. No, you're being critical and I'm excited about it because I've been there. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling with you. I know it doesn't make sense, but I've been there. Words have hurt, but yet we'll spill words out every day that we don't think about how it hurts. Right? And you know why we don't think about it? Because we don't know what words have been spoken to that person when they were younger. I've had people point blank look at me and the questions I've put out in our small group and and tell me it's not worded right. Can I tell you, just be real with you, that hurts me. Because you don't know what has been spoken to me in my past. But then I look at that and I go, it's just a symptom of something deeper inside. Right? I've had people look at me and say, why do you, why do, you do what you do at church? Because I feel like that's what God wants me to do. Right? Why are you criticizing me? Is that what God told you to do? Think about that. Think about when people say things to you, even if they have good intentions, right? Because what is the Christian way of criticizing? I just want you to get better. (laughs) Okay. It still hurts. And what happens is, is we're supposed to be showing people the love of Jesus. And instead we're causing them to not be able to see the love of Jesus at all. We're causing them to see critical spirits. What about when we say things that we believe ourselves, our own theologies in the midst of other brothers and sisters in Christ. And what happens is you say these things and then all of a sudden you are now partnering and getting other people to partner with your messed up philosophies. You're causing a brother or sister to possibly be pushed farther away from Christ because it's your opinion. Does your opinion line up with the Bible? Because I've got a lot of opinions, but I don't say them, right? Because I want to make sure I'm speaking out of the word of God and not out of the word of Nick, right? When we start thinking about the words that we speak, they hold a very heavier weight than what we, we think they do. I know that's hard for January. But it's true. Do you know what causes churches to break apart? It's little conversations that happen so you can get people on your side. That's called division. Just chew on that. Little conversations cause division. But isn't that what we do? We go to the people who are like minded. Don't we? Right? If I wanted to complain about the sound in our church, do you know who I'm going to go talk to? Jake. You know why? Because he's going to complain with me. Because it bothers him. (laughs) Right? Just think about that. That's what we do with our words. Well, I just want to bring it up. No, you you want to be critical, but we disguise it because we want to be spiritual. We've got to start getting real with our words, don't we? I'm not even talking about the words of criticalness. I'm talking about the, is that a word? Criticalness? It is today. All right. Again, this is what happens when you don't fact check things before you say things. What about the random jokes that we crack? Oh, that one that yeah, hits me deep because I'm a funny guy, <laughs> self-proclaimed. <laughs> but what about those jokes that are just a little outside the box? Those little jokes that we think are harmless. Those little jokes that, gosh darn, they are hilarious. But they're inappropriate. Do we think about those words that we say? 
I mean, we've gotten to a place where we've actually have jobs that are dedicated to being critical. Don't we? Movie critics, music critics, newspaper articles. We've got ESPN, which their whole job is to talk about how 18 and 19 year olds in college played football last night and how they're not good enough for the pros. That's not your place to say it. But then don't we do it? Man, Jared Goff, he's a joke. I hope he's not watching. (laughs) But don't we do that? Don't we criticize people like that? It's our words that we pay no attention to. We think they're they're just soft, soft, soft puffs of air coming out of our mouth. They have no effect on anything. We don't think about it. In reality, what you're, you're, you're puffing out little pieces of dynamite that could just blow up everything. We don't look at it like that, do we? How many people hate me already today? Nobody's going to raise their hand. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It wasn't in my notes. <sighs> but words can get so deep inside of us that, that nothing will grow there anymore. The only way to fix that is, is, is honestly to work it out with God. To go to the Father and be like, God, I feel dry. I feel like I want growth, but I don't feel like any growth is happening. What is it that I'm holding on to that's causing me to feel this way? Right? It's about getting serious and saying, God, I, I, I know that I'm... I'm There is something inside of me that is causing me to just spew on other people and just make them as negative as I am. Why? It's about getting real. I could care less this year if you lose weight. I think you all look great. That's because I don't want to lose weight. So we all look great, right? We all look good. We fit in what we're wearing. It's nice. Nobody wants to spend more money on new clothes, <laughs> right? Let's go that way, right? It's a financial breakthrough. Don't give me the eyebrows. But what I would like to see is people start actually going after God this year and changing what's on the inside of them. I've been feeling a breakthrough in this church for a while now. And I feel like something is just damned up on Sunday mornings. And you know why? It's because we're not taking care of the parts inside of us that actually need to make something change inside of us. We're dealing with symptoms and we've got things rooted inside of us that we need to have plucked out of us. Right? There's somebody that we need to forgive that we've been holding on to unforgiveness for. For years, and it's causing us to have all these symptoms. And as long as you just keep cutting the weed off at the top, it's gonna keep growing. Right? With that being said, this spring, we would love some help in weeding the front of the church. Um, <laughs> it's a shameless plug. But the thing is, though, is it's true, though. You can cut the symptoms off every day. You can take care of your symptoms every morning. But if you don't uproot the cause of those symptoms, it's just going to keep coming back. You've got to change it underneath. Get it out. Proverbs 18.20. I got two minutes. Two minutes and seven more pages to go. We're used to going until noon. It's fine. And if you're at the 11 o'clock service, you're used to going until 1230. We're fine. I am hungry, though. (laughs) And we're fasting. (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Um, Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words being bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. How many people love to talk? Nobody's going to raise their hand now. 
Like, yeah, right. <clears throat> Isn't satisfied a good word? How many people think satisfied is a good word? If you feel satisfied, you feel <laughs> satisfied. Thanks, Jake. Play the same game with me. <laughs> you feel good when you're satisfied. But when you start to break down these things, oh, let's break down the word fruit, right? How many people like fruit? Yeah. How many people hate fruit? Yep, yep. Nope. Just. Yep. Um, fruit. It makes me feel weird. Um, fruit in the Hebrew is actually translated as earnings, products, produce, results, rewards. Fruit. We will eat what our words have produced. Say it that way. Mm-hmm. We will consume the earnings of our words. Our words produce consequences. Stomach in Hebrew means womb, being, inward parts. Satisfied in Hebrew means filled, to be full. Here's this one. To have in excess. See, satisfied in that scripture, I'm not sure it means the satisfied that we want it to mean. Because we want, to mean, we want it to mean Thanksgiving satisfied. Right? We want to read that scripture and go, oh, so my words will satisfy me in a good way. And I think that that is the devil twisting God's word and being like, satisfied, it's good. Keep talking, it's good. And in reality, when you break it down and you see that satisfied means to have in excess, how many people like to have in excess when it comes to food? How many people like after you have in excess? You know how the feeling is. You go to Thanksgiving, you're having things that you don't have on a normal basis, correct? You are bringing out all the stuff for Thanksgiving. And you know, I'm going to have one plate. And as soon as that plate's over, I'm going to go have another plate because I don't get this stuff every day. Come on, right? And then after your second plate, you don't even make it all the way through your second plate. And you're like, oh, it feels like it's stuck right here, right? So then you like do the maneuver to make it work, right? And you get the second, nobody else does that? That's fine. It works. Um, So you finish your second plate and you're like, man, I am over full now. And then you're like, but those desserts, those look so good. I don't get pecan pie every day. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Go with me. Pecan pie. I don't, I don't get whatever pumpkin roll every day. Oh, I'm a good pumpkin roll. And so what you start to do is you're like, I know I'm full, but if I take a deep breath, I can get it in. And you start to have dessert now on top of being excessively full. And then what happens after that? You waddle over so that you can get vertical, right? And possibly waddle to your bedroom first to get sweatpants and then get vertical, right? And then you fall asleep because you are full in excess. And some of us today, if not all of us today, need to check our words because if that scripture is true, and since it's in God's word, it's true, you will be full off of the excess of your mouth. So let me ask you today, are you full of negative or are you full of positive? Because as long as we're human, we're sprinkling negative through our life, aren't we, with our words? Or has anybody figured it out how to speak kind words, nice words, positive, godly words every day, all day? Good, okay, cool. And so the words that you speak are giving you an excess inside of you. You guys know what this is? 
This is a swear jar. Not from my house. I actually had to pour some out for this. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. Actually, this money came out of our saving for an adventure box that we have. It's never going to be full. Um, And this is just a random jar. How many people have ever had a swear jar in your house? It's okay, I have grace, I'm not gonna judge you. Nobody has a swear jar in your house? Or had a swear jar ever in your house? A negative jar, okay. How many people have a jar that you've put money in because you've done something wrong ever? I mean like, or we know people who have. Let's just say it that way so you feel good about raising your hand. I know someone, right? (laughs) I have a friend. Just asking for a friend. How much fills that? Um, But the idea behind a swear jar is that every time you say something or a negative jar, you drop some money in there every time something like that happens, right? And then at the end of that, I never knew what parents did with it, actually. Do you pocket that? Is that what happened? I'll talk to Ron and Jill afterwards. <laughs> I might like this. This might be a good investment. Um, but every time you, put some, you, you do something wrong or you say a swear word or you say a word you're not supposed to use because like stupid is a swear word in our house, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> but you, you, put, you put something in it that costs you something, Right? and you see it go away and then you could actually see everything you've done that's cost you something. Uh, and and I, I was thinking about that and I, I was like, what would, what would you be putting in if every time you actually paid attention to a word that you spoke? Would you be dropping a dollar in? Like, yeah, I I said a couple negative things this week. Dropping another dollar in because you continue to say negative things because here's what I think. I think if we were to pay attention to every ill word, to every negative word, word or negative undertone that we said. We wouldn't be putting change or dollars in. We would just have to start dropping our debit cards in. And then when that ran out, we'd have to start putting our our charge cards in. And when that runs out, we'd have to go to the bank and get a loan to start filling up our jar of every negative thing that we're speaking every day. Until one day you're broke because you can't stop speaking negative out of your mouth. You can't stop judging somebody. You can't stop criticizing things and and all you want to do is just negative, 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 and sooner or later, this jar is going to have to become a a bucket. But wouldn't it be cool if we could sit back and even though we saw all the negative that we've done, all the negative that we've said, all all the ill words, the, the, the the little tiny, that wasn't a big deal, all those little things, Wouldn't it be interesting if we could look back and see it? And then started actually taking the opportunity to take an account for each one of those. I think it hits home for me today because this morning, getting ready for church, realize that I've caused my seven-year-old to lack confidence with how I speak to him. 
because he looked at me and said, Dad, I can't do that. And he hadn't even started to try yet. And I realized it's because I've been on him so much. And what I thought I was saying to make him better was actually filling up my negative jar. And that's what our words do. Over time, they begin to create something in other people that God did not intend to be there. And then we have to deal with our consequences, don't we? But we don't look at somebody and say, let me deal with the consequences of what I've said to you. Do we? The things you say to other people, they have to deal with your words now. The negative that you speak to other people, they have to deal with now because you haven't paid attention to it. The fault that you've made somebody go down because you spoke your negative, I'm not even going to say issues, your negative, your negative uh, symptoms into their life. Now they have to deal with that, not you. And so why not stop it before it ever starts. Why not say, God, I'm not going to partner with the enemy anymore and I'm going to speak words of affirmation to people. God, I'm not going to partner with the enemy anymore and be critical. I'm going to speak words that are positive to people. Like what, what if we started doing that? Because what if we did, we wouldn't have to put our debit card inside this jar. We wouldn't have to go broke because of the negative things that we speak. And then what we'd start to do is actually speak life into things and into people. I know it's hard. I think about the government. I'm like, what kind of positive words can I say right now? Right? It's hard. But God didn't call us to do things that was easy, did he? He didn't say, hey, if you do this for me, if you follow me, man, you'll never say anything negative ever in your life. I wish that was true, right? I wish I would never criticize my wife from the pulpit. You don't think God hasn't talked to me about that during this stinking week one? I'm sorry. I know it's been a joke, but I do love my wife. <laughs> She's perfect. I'm glad nobody laughed. That was good. <laughs> but what if we started doing that? Stay, taking account of our words that we spoke to somebody. We'd start pulling things out of this, wouldn't we? And then she wouldn't have to deal with the word that I spoke. <laughs> Man, I didn't plan on crying at all. Today as we, I feel like this was probably more for me than anybody. Oh gosh. Today for me, I think the best way we could end today is spending a week as we go into week two, starting to try to account for the things that we say. Start taking an inventory of what's coming out. I would even challenge you, and this would be weird, <laughs> to take a journal, and when you speak something negative, you go write it down. Even if it's just in the spurt of the moment, you're angry about something, and you, you speak it negative, be like, oh no. But after you write that down, take it to Father God and ask him, why? Why am I speaking this? Why am I saying that negative thing to that person? What is the root behind why I'm doing this? And I'm serious. This isn't just like, a, hey, this is a good thing that you could do this week. I mean, like, how many people are tired of the same old, same old? 
How many people are tired of the negative words? How many people are tired of the negative attitudes? How many people are tired of being critical? Are you tired? 2021 wore me out. It was as bad as complaining about how many times it takes people to turn their steering wheel at Culver's to pull out of the weight line. I mean, come on. I'm that critical. You, you turned your wheel seven times. It's a one point turn, people. But isn't that what the enemy wants us to do? Is partner with his negative Nancy attitude? Sorry if there's a Nancy in the room. That's offensive. Isn't that what he wants? To get so caught up in the negative. To get so caught up in the critical. That we begin to get bogged down. With just feeling blah. And we will. We, we will. You'll find yourselves gathering with your friends, wanting to have a good time, and all you do is talk about all the nasty, negative stuff. Right? We will. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being negative. I'm tired of speaking negative words to my kids. I'm tired of negative stuff being in my home. I'm tired of negative stuff being in my spirit. I'm tired of coming into church and still feeling negative. Right? I'm tired of it. And it's probably because of the way my, end, my year ended for me. I just feel like negative onto my life. But that's what the enemy would want me to do. I'm not speaking negative. No more. So get a journal. If you've got a notes on your phone and you know how to use your technology, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, start putting, putting it in a note. But at the end of the day, take it to Father God and be like, why? What is the root of why I do this? Because I don't want to do it no more. Right? It's not just pray and say, God, help me. It's like, let's, let's get real. Let's dig it up. Let's get it out. I want something different. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you for wrecking me, God. Thank you for speaking today, God, I think words that were from you and not from me. But God, I want to take this challenge serious. God, I'm tired of complaining. I'm tired of having garbage in my life. I'm tired of being negative, God. God, this is not what you want in my life. This is not of you, Lord. And so, God, I pray that this challenge, this, this week one, start taking inventory of our words, be something, Father, that we embrace. God, because I'm tired tired of the negative. I'm tired of it, God. I'm tired of the enemy using things in my life to cause me to just have a negative attitude. So God, I pray that you help me inventory my words today. Help your church inventory our words today, God. Help us inventory this week, Father. God, let us begin to take an account for the things that we say, but God taking them and writing them. Taking them, God, and bringing them to you and finding out the root behind why we say what we say. God, I, I thank you, God, that, I, that we're starting 2022 like this. I want, I, want to, I want to accept the challenge of doing something hard, and God, this is hard. But God, I know that is, if, if, is, even though it's hard, God, that we'll be better on the other side of this. God, you've done so much beauty in this church. God, you, you have worked many things and, and done many things in this church in the last year. But God, I want to start 2022 off being proactive on my end. Changing, changing who, who we are, Father, the words that come out of our mouth, God, the, the attitudes that we have. The, God, I, I, I just, I just, I want to be proactive this year, God. 
I don't want to wait for the enemy to bring the fight to me. I want to bring it to him. So God, I ask, Lord, that you be with your people this week, Father. Let this word sit on the forefront of their mind, God. Let them catch themselves in the middle of saying something negative, Lord, and stopping themselves before they can speak it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you arrest us. Arrest our words. Let us start taking account for what we say. God, I love you. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Amen.